Delicious meets nutritious in the snack that packs a real protein punch, wonderful pistachios. Each one-ounce serving of wonderful pistachios has six grams of protein, giving you over 10% of your daily value and making wonderful pistachios one of the highest protein nuts. But perhaps more than that, I love all of the flavors they have. Their sea salt and vinegar ones are my favorite when I'm craving that flavor but want to keep it healthy. But that's just the tip of the iceberg. Wonderful pistachios come in a variety of flavors, like chili roasted, honey roasted, smoky barbecue, and jalapeno lime, perfect for enjoying with family and friends or taking them with you on the go. Whether you're a pistachio purist who loves cracking open every nut or you prefer the convenience of no-shells pistachios, Wonderful Pistachios has got you covered. Grab Wonderful Pistachios and elevate your snacking game today. So fill up with a healthy snack when hunger strikes. Visit wonderfulpistachios.com to learn more. That's wonderfulpistachios.com. It's another Q&A edition of Optimal Health Daily, episode 870, and I'm Dr. Neil, your host of the show. Welcome back to another Friday show where I play your questions and simply answer them. On all the other days, I read health and fitness blogs to you, kind of like an ongoing audiobook with permission from the authors, of course. Now, if you're wondering, well, why bother sending Dr. Neil a question, especially if you're new to the show? Well, I do have my Doctor of Public Health degree with an emphasis in chronic disease prevention and nutrition. I also have my Master of Public Health degree with an emphasis in health promotion and health education. I'm also a registered dietitian nutritionist, a certified health education specialist, and a certified exercise physiologist through the American College of Sports Medicine. I like to say when I'm not doing this podcast, I hold let's see, four faculty positions now at various higher education institutions. I spend most of my time at California State University, San Bernardino, where I'm an assistant professor. But in addition to doing this show, I've been featured in over 70 different media outlets for my expertise on nutrition and fitness and weight management and all those wonderful things I talk about on this show. I've presented research at national conferences and have published research as well. Now, if you want to know how you can send in your own question, I'll get to that at the end of the show. So for now, let's hear today's question and start optimizing your life. Hello, I just wanted to ask about the ketogenic diet because this is something that my sister, who's currently studying medicine, is very interested in. And I know that's quite extreme um, and that limits carbohydrates a lot and I was wondering if you would recommend it to the average individual who doesn't suffer from any extreme sort of debilitating disease. Thank you for your question, Marga. I recently attended a five-day nutrition conference. No, scratch that. I attended the nutrition conference. In every profession, there's that one yearly conference that everyone knows about and tries to attend. This was it. And I noticed that some of the most widely attended sessions were those that discussed the topic of, guess what, the ketogenic diet. I mean, heck, those were the ones I attended after all. And here's what I learned. We are nowhere close to having any definitive answers. As always, I like to start from the beginning to make sure we understand the basics first, then I will get into the details. So the typical American diet consists of about 60% of one's daily energy or calories coming from carbohydrates, about 15% of all of our calories each day come from protein, and about 25% come from fat. 
This is very different when we compare this to the ketogenic diet, which requires 10% of one's daily calories coming from carbohydrate, 20% from protein, and a whopping 70% from fat. So basically, a ketogenic diet is a lower carbohydrate, high fat diet. It's called a ketogenic diet because lowering our intakes of carbohydrates leads to the buildup of these things called ketones in the body. You're probably familiar with one type of ketone already, nail polish remover, also known as acetone. Acetone is just one type of ketone, and yes, when our bodies are in a state of ketosis, meaning the body is creating ketones, one of the ones it produces is acetone. If you were to follow this diet over a period of two weeks or longer, you would be in a state of what we call ketosis, meaning your blood levels of ketones have increased to a higher than normal level. I realize this doesn't sound all that healthy, but researchers are finding that this state of ketosis may not be so bad after all. The theory is that the body starts to adapt and this may lead to health benefits. So at the conference, I attended a debate looking at whether the ketogenic diet was effective for endurance athletes. The presenters each discussed their and others' research. One was obviously very pro-keto and the other against it. There was another session that had researchers and clinicians discussing whether the diet is safe and effective for patients suffering from type 2 diabetes, something called metabolic syndrome, and those that have issues with obesity and are hoping to lose weight. Now, Marga, I realize that you were asking whether the ketogenic diet is helpful for the average person, but this is the problem. None of the sessions addressed this very topic. Most of the studies have looked at whether the diet is good for athletes or for those with diabetes or for those that want to manage their body weight. So what we have to do is look at the results of these studies and try and make predictions about whether following this diet is safe and effective for the average person. I'm going to try and do that for you. What was interesting about the ketogenic diet debate I attended was that the presenter that proposed this diet was effective for improving athletic performance for endurance events was a member of the Atkins Council. This is the same Atkins that proposed a low-carbohydrate, high-protein diet. To me, this could be a potential conflict of interest. It may mean that the scientist is biased towards the idea that a low-carbohydrate diet is healthier or more effective. At the other session I attended, after one of the pro-keto scientists presented all of the evidence on how the diet may be effective for treating type 2 diabetes and help manage body weight, they concluded that more studies are needed to determine whether the diet is safe and effective over the long term. A presenter that was a bit more even-handed in their approach mentioned that, according to their research, this meal pattern may not provide dieters with enough B vitamins, vitamin C, calcium, zinc, phosphorus, and dietary fiber. What was particularly fascinating to me was that no one discussed other findings, like the fact that a high-fat diet may lead to a less diverse microbiome, The term microbiome refers to the good bacteria found in the gut. These bacteria help keep us healthy. In fact, a nice diverse microbiome has been associated with improved health outcomes. So if the ketogenic diet limits the diversity of the microbiome, then it may lead to unintended health consequences. Then there's the issue of these things called lipid peroxides. Lipid peroxides are these byproducts that the body can make after we break down fat. We're learning that lipid peroxides aren't great for our health. They may damage healthy cells, so we really don't want these in the body. But if we follow a high-fat diet like the ketogenic diet, then there's the chance that the body will create more lipid peroxides, which in turn may increase risk for disease. 
So here's my bottom line. Right now, we simply don't know whether the ketogenic diet is safe over the long term. It may be fine in the short term, but it's possible that nutrient deficiencies can arise and other unforeseen health effects are possible. If someone is willing to try it and they feel great and are able to perform at their best, then more power to them. But I would wanna monitor them closely over the long term to be sure that they continue feeling their best. And again, that's because we simply don't know how a person's body will respond to following this diet over the longer term. Now, quickly before I go, if you wanna send me a question, come by oldpodcast.com slash ask or call in your question. The number is 61 I love OHD. Sending in a question makes me very happy, plus it gets you entered into special book raffles too, and that happens on the first of every month. All right, that'll do it for this week. Thank you for listening every day. Thank you for listening all the way through. Thank you for sharing this show with someone. Have a wonderful weekend, and I'll see you back here on Monday where your optimal life awaits.